listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenology club. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Hello, and welcome back to Talk About It, the official podcast series of Phenomenology Club. I'm Buttress, the wise and benevolent leader of this club, hailing to you from... New Jersey! So, as I've said in the upload description, maybe I'll just read it real quick. The other day I did a meandering upload about ways of working in which I delivered a central thesis that aimlessness is dangerousness. And now today, in an effort to prove my thesis, I will discuss the same topic, but this time coming in with some simple preparations and a loose plan. So we can see if my thesis proves correct for science. This is science right here. It's funny because Maxwell, the person who originally gave me the prompt for the discussion, asking me if I would discuss ways to work, left a comment on that upload about how I basically proved my thesis that aimlessness is dangerousness in the other day's upload because anyone who listened to it knows that I just was fucking meandering. I was talking about Baudrillard and the simulacra and Wittgenstein and other dumb shit and I really didn't prove any point magnus says can i post the other one to spotify i already did do that it should be live now sorry i can't do it the day of anymore unless i actually record the audio in real time from the upload because youtube for some reason has longer processing times now and i can't download the mp4 and then export it for spotify but it should be up there now Anyway, it's funny because, yes, Maxwell, shoutouts to you again. You left this comment that I basically proved my point by coming in with no plan and meandering endlessly and saying a bunch of fucking nothing. The only thing I was able to achieve was my central goal, which was just to do an upload. And the upload of today's goal, the goal of this upload, is to prove my point from that upload by now doing the same exact topic with a fucking goal. And let's see, maybe this will be a farce. Maybe I will fail. But, you know, uh, shit, science. It's science. And speaking of science, you know, uh, science one of the core tenets of doing science is being able to repeat a thing and you know articulating what conditions are varied between doing different things and i will say the only difference between today and the other day is that i have some notes that's it i still feel like shit i don't really i i haven't rehearsed or anything i feel pretty much similarly to how i felt the other day not incredibly excited (laughs) Well, I'm always excited because I'm from Jersey, but 
Uh, the only thing different in any sort of marked way is that I got some fucking notes. Let's see how much of a drastic difference is made. Also, before I start, let's be scientific. Let's be academic. Let me let me state my qualifications, which are nothing. I have no qualifications. I have an art school degree. <laughs> uh, not to shit on myself. I'm not going to shit on myself. Despite constantly shitting on myself, I actually am a highly productive person. And I think that this is why some people sometimes ask me, what's your secret, butchers? What is it? And, you know, I don't even know if I present anymore. I'm sure it waxes and wanes if I present as a highly productive person because, you know, I think the goals, my own personal goals for what I want to accomplish in my own practices, especially my artistic practices, don't necessarily align with the goals of the public and being a somewhat public figure. I mean, I'm a nobody, but I do have followers I don't know people who are interested in my music especially and they want an album and I already gave an album I didn't like it I'm always deleting stuff you know my own personal goals as an artist is to make something trippy to make something good you know and I'm working on my own timeline in that way so you know I'm always making stuff over here but as far as presenting a finished product to the public I will do that when I feel I have accomplished what I want to accomplish because I will derive no pleasure. I know from experience, I derive absolutely no pleasure from putting out something, even if other people like it. If I don't like it, I have failed at my goal and I derive no pleasure from this process. And what am I doing if not trying to do something pleasurable? What is my motivation for making music or art, period? I mean, I can say all types of things here, but... Initially, I would not do any of this. There would be no impetus if I didn't find the process pleasurable, right? No one's making me do this. So, if my ultimate pleasure is derived from making something trippy, not from just having admiration from others for whatever reason, then, of course, I will have no pleasure unless I complete something fucking trippy and then I give it to you, okay? So, that's what I have to say about that. That being said, you know, I'm working on stuff, always working on stuff, and recognize that, you know... I do want to give things to other people because I also believe that we do make art for other people. But in keeping with my plan, I'm noticing that I'm beginning to meander. So let's not. Let's stay on track. Let's stay on the course for science and see if this fucking works. So let's get started. Getting started, like I said the other day is really the most obvious thing. And for many people, the hardest part of the process, you know, and I will be reiterating some of my points from the other day, but I'm going to try not to be redundant. I already said this in the, in the other upload. Getting started is the most difficult thing, I would say, for many of us, at least depending on what it is, you know. We talked briefly about exercise. This is something where I think this becomes incredibly obvious, that getting started is the hardest part. Actually telling yourself, all right, I'm going to fucking turn on the Jillian Michaels DVD and I'm going to fucking do it. That's the hardest part. Once you're already in it, you're like, well, shit, I'm doing it already. And I'm going to see it to the end because when I'm doing it, I can also, I can already feel the satisfaction of having done the thing that was so hard to get up and do same goes for reading you know the hardest part is picking up that fucking book you've had for six months off the shelf and just getting into it and once you get into it you're like well this is kind of nice right this is obvious and this is something I don't think anybody can necessarily give you any tips for doing though who knows I don't know maybe some of you have some tips for how to get started in the first place I really couldn't tell you 
but I think that this is obvious. I can't really make you fucking do it. You just gotta fucking do it, okay? And then, my brothers, my sisters, like I said the other day, hello, hello, hi Lex, love you Lex. So, like I was saying, you know, I think the most important thing to ever be doing when we're trying to do anything is to articulate some sort of a goal, right? No matter how broad this goal is. I gave the example of when I first started to try to get into art making. I didn't feel like I had a specific goal, but I did have a broad goal, the broader goal of making art. I knew that I wanted to make art. I knew that I wanted to make art that had to do with video. So I would download random softwares, Max MSP, Jitter, Final Cut Pro, open them up, and fuck around. And, you know, this sounds kind of pointless, but I think that even this is an execution of a goal. If you are in a similar kind of place, you don't know exactly what you want to do. I think that once you just start fucking doing something, get started, the hardest part, I think as you mess around with materials, you will start to see what is possible and what you want to do, you know? Um... I think that experimentation, especially, is a really important part of any process, you know, even though I said that I believe very strongly that aimlessness is dangerousness, I think that experimenting is incredibly important and that you should always leave room for experimentation at every part of the process, you know. To speak of myself, I make music videos. One of the things that I do when I make music videos, well, I have different approaches. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my history. When I first started making music videos, I really didn't have any sort of a plan. I just knew, okay, I kind of want to do a scene here, a scene here, and I'll film all the scenes, and then I'll edit them together. And this ended up working, but I, especially for some of my earlier videos, like pilgrims by the millions <laughs> if anybody's familiar with it i just had these ideas for different scenes no sort of ideas for transitions or anything and it ended up working but i had to do a lot of editing you know i didn't have any ideas for transitions there's no sort of overarching narrative which is fine i mean it's a fucking music video and i just kind of put it all together at the end but i think as i went on continuing making music videos i started to realize just how useful it is to create Create a storyboard or at least a sort of plan, you know. Storyboarding is difficult, but if you even just write down key parts, okay, I want to have a transition from this into this because I don't know how I'm going to get from point A to point B in my video. I know I want to have this here, this here. At least create some, you could call them key frames for all your video editor editing people out there. You could have some sort of bookmarks throughout the whole thing, create a skeleton at the bare minimum, a skeleton of what you want to do, and also leave room for experimentation in different parts, you know? Maybe there's a certain part where you're like, mm, I'm not sure exactly what I want to do here. Maybe you can try multiple things there, right? But always have a backup, too. This is something that is kind of treacherous for myself, speaking of making backups and shit, because this can become a trap, too someone who makes music as well. I produce my own music. I will 
make multiple backup files and you know for everything that I change even sort of minutely I will make a new file and save it and this has been good in many instances because you know I think you want to always have a backup especially if you're trying to be experimental especially if you want to just do something crazy and you're not sure what direction you want to go into you know uh, but this has also become a trap for myself because if you have 20 versions of the same song and they all go in drastically different directions then it becomes really difficult to make a decision and I think that this is where you have to draw limits upon yourself and create boundaries for yourself especially as it relates to experimentation because especially as someone who is more of a subtract worker more than an additive worker and I know everyone has different kinds of approaches to working I think overall being more additive uh, is probably a better approach and this is something I'm trying to do as well because when you when you take so much footage when you have so many options of different songs you start to fall in love with different bits and pieces and especially if we're talking about music or music videos I mean the end product is going to be three minutes fucking long so what am I going to do how am I going to put all of this shit in there and I think we can all observe other people when they do this you know a lot of times a project will just become it, it's got too much like sure you have a lot of great stuff it looks great but when you put it all together it loses focus it loses a point and it's just all these disparate images that look good but it's not strong you know what I'm saying I think the same goes for for anything that you're working on you know create multiple options for yourself and leave room for experimentation improvisation but always stick to a fucking plan the more specific your plan gets the better you know but also if you don't have a specific plan that's fine start with a broad plan and then zoom in you know what i'm saying okay something else to speak of articulation and becoming specific you know like I just said, the more specific your goal is, I think the more specifically you'll be able to articulate at every stage of the process what you want to do. And this is my central idea. This is what I think we all need to do. Get into articulating at every stage of the process. If there's one word you got to remember for how to stay on track, it's articulation. Something that I think is really important is that we tend, many of us, uh, I'll speak for myself only, I don't know. Historically, I tend to accept happy accidents in my artistic processes or my work processes period you know which sometimes is a great thing sometimes you'll have some sort of a happy accident when you're experimenting and you'll be like wow that's great but the danger of this my brothers my sisters is that sometimes happy accidents occur and you cannot articulate how it occurred and if you can't articulate how it occurred I would say be very careful about integrating that happy accident into your work into your project because if something happened let's say I don't know you're doing something with audio software and you have some sort of happy accident you don't know how you created this thing then I would say you better stop what you're fucking doing and learn how you just did that thing. And if you can't recreate that thing, if you can't articulate exactly how that thing was created, 
I would say be very, very cautious about integrating that thing because you're going to run into all sorts of problems. You're basically fucking yourself, especially if the success of your project is contingent on this thing, this core facet of your project. You don't even fucking understand. Okay, this is really important. To me, anyway. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how similarly my work processes are to the rest of you. But, you know, I've had all types of happy accidents, especially as somebody who's also into noise music, experimental music. You know, I've, I've even encountered glitches that can't be recreated uh, necessarily. And it, I, I like the thing. I don't want to get rid of the thing. But if I, have, if I don't understand it, I have no control over it. So these days, I'm very cautious about allowing such accidents into my work, you know. I think a way to be able to try to advance past this sort of a thing, uh, and a thing that we should all become in the habit of doing, I think, is is really uh, getting into repeatability, kind of like what we're doing right now. In the interest of being scientific, you want to repeat the process at every stage of it. You know, Maxwell was asking, I see that you're here, Maxwell. Hello. I hope that this upload serves you better. Maybe. Who knows? But I think that something uh, for coding for web specifically, which I know you're interested in, this is something that I did and still do all the time. When I'm coding for web, I have to start from scratch all the time you know like okay i just accomplished something good i just learned how to do this thing maybe i watched a css tutorial and learned this new skill i did it i know i can do it but can i do it again because if i can't do it again then i don't know what i'm doing you know you have to be able to do the thing over and over again the more that you do this the more you'll establish control over your own materials the more you will integrate this knowledge into your lexicon of artistic and other practices you know so whatever you're doing i would say understand what you're doing and do it over and over again and the more you do it over and over again the more you'll fucking understand it okay it's not fucking rocket science okay <laughs> Woo. so another thing that i think for myself personally that's really helped me is always judging myself very, very harshly. I had the benefit when I was in college of having roommates that were kind of like highly technical assholes. Like literally would tell me I'm a fucking idiot and I'm doing it wrong. And what the fuck are you doing? This is so stupid. Which sounds harsh and I'm sure somebody would be like, oh my god, that's emotional abuse or whatever. And maybe it is. I don't care. It benefited me greatly. And I've internalized this sort of attitude about myself. And I'm always aware of some hypothetical person over my shoulder watching what I'm doing on the fucking computer screen. Think about who you admire the most. Who you think to be the most technically proficient at your craft or the thing that you're doing. Think about them judging you. Judging what you're doing. What are you doing right now? If you would be embarrassed to do the thing you're doing right now in front of the person that you admire for their technical proficiency that's so good at doing the thing you're trying to do, then you need to stop <laughs> and only do what you would feel proud of doing, you know? I think that this sort of self-criticism, this sort of self-judgment, self-hatred maybe even, 
I think that a lot of people want to avoid this sort of thing just by virtue of them thinking that that's an unhealthy attitude, you know, because out here in body positive Twitter world or whatever, we're always being told to love yourself, be nice to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a time and a place for everything, of course. But when it comes to work, I think you should always imagine that there is some judge that's calling you a fucking idiot, you know, because this creates movement, I would say. And I think simultaneously suffice it to say it's also important to think that everyone else is stupid and everyone else is a fucking idiot (laughs) this might sound fucked up but this is something that also greatly benefits me you know when i look up tutorials online for how to do something in css for how to do something in adobe premiere or after effects you know i assume that the person speaking to me no i assume that i am smarter than the person speaking to me, even though I have no real reason to do that, you know, but I find that it benefits myself because I come into a mode where I am always looking for flaws. I assume that there are flaws in other people's arguments and what they're telling me to do, that they're ignoring something, that they're missing something, and it's my test to find it. And even if this mode is not necessarily logically justifiable, I find that it's good because it creates an element of movement, you know, we're always trying to grow right and what is what you can't approve you can't improve upon something that's already perfect right so if the thing is already perfect or the instructions are already perfect then great you won't find the flaws but few things are perfect you know you should assume that everything you are learning everything that you are told to do can be done more efficiently you know and you should be looking for what they are lying to you about or what they are stupid about you know to speak of coding for web again you know from both perspectives what i just said earlier thinking that someone's calling you stupid you know for a while i was using wix that online website builder because i i knew that i could save a lot of money if i just learned how to code for web myself but i was intimidated by the process. I didn't want to do the work of learning how to code for web. I didn't want to have to learn how to fucking do HTML, how to do CSS, how to figure out how to register a domain, how to access cPanel, how to upload PHP forms. I didn't want to fucking do it. I knew that I should though. And this is the thing that ultimately drove me to do it by having this little voice in my head calling myself a fucking idiot. Bitch, what are you spending $12 a month for? That's a fucking Netflix subscription, okay? What are you spending, wasting all this money for? And you're broke, so you really have no excuse. You're wasting all this fucking money for just because you don't want to learn a fucking thing, you know? And then once I started learning this thing, coming into the mode of thinking everyone else was stupid. And I think that that greatly helped me, you know, because as soon as I got into coding for web, all of a sudden everywhere you see people be like, do WordPress, do WordPress do this and I'm like well what is WordPress then you look up WordPress and see like uh, I assume no one even told me but I assume that learning WordPress was not the place that I should start because from what I was learning about CSS HTML WordPress seemed like another fucking trap it seemed like okay what I'm gonna use a WordPress template and learn how to do everything through WordPress but I'm not really learning how to code for web am I you know WordPress seems like something I should be learning later 
You know, I think a lot of people get into coding for web and they're like, well, I know I need to learn WordPress because everyone's telling me I need to learn WordPress. But this is where you can get this sort of benefit from this sort of attitude that everyone else is a fucking idiot. Just because everyone else is saying to learn WordPress doesn't mean shit. You don't need. Why do you need to learn WordPress? Hmm? Answer me that. If you can't answer me that, then you don't got shit. I will say, though. Eventually, yes, you probably do want to learn WordPress if you're into coding for web because people want to buy websites from you, the designer, that they can actually edit on their own, which is possible through a thing like WordPress, you know. But you should first know how to design from nothing. You should know how to open a text editing program and start typing. Nothing but your fucking fingers and your fucking brain. And a fucking folder and a fucking file and a fucking browser. That's it. If you can't do that, then you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, I think that also assuming every assuming you're smarter than everyone else, even this is if this is logically improbable and also, you know, maintaining an element of self hatred, self criticality, I think that this is great as a self confidence booster, you know. And I think this is part of why I'm actually so passionate about encouraging other people to do things because like I've shared before you know I grew up feeling like a fucking idiot at every level you know even though I had like high honors awards and shit there was always someone I felt was smarter than me in high school it was the political science bros there's a whole clique of them always talking about Stalin and communism and whatever I had no idea what they were talking about I'm like I hate that they're smarter than me I mean, I'm a very competitive person, so I felt competitive, but I also felt so mad at myself. And I'm like, ugh, how can I not feel so stupid around the political science bros? And once I forced myself to start reading, start learning shit, I realized, like, you know what? I think I was angry. I think maybe this is why I started to feel like everyone else was a fucking idiot and that I wanted to crush them and destroy them ground them into fucking nothing was because I realized all these years I spent feeling like a fucking idiot were in vain because once you have some sort of grasp of what other people are doing or talking about as it relates to any topic you find really quickly that many people don't know what they're talking about many people have bad takes many people are fucking idiots of course I'm not trying to say everyone's fucking stupid lots of people are really smart but you want to be able to have a skill set for yourself You want to cultivate a skill set where you can actually articulate whether or not somebody is smart or whether or not they're stupid. That's the thing that I think was ultimately the most inspiring. Once you gain the tools and are able to articulate what you're doing, what you're interested in, then you really have a skill set for how you can see whether or not someone's doing or saying something interesting and whether or not it's stupid, you know? You can't make that distinction before you yourself have the toolkit to do this we were talking about this the other day in phenomenology club we were talking about noise music you know i know people love to shit on noise music i think for good reason because a lot of people think as our club member said that noise music is just pretentious art bros pushing pianos off of roofs you know and i think that a lot of noise musicians are this they're like wow look i'm so weird i'm so quirky you don't get it i'm pushing a piano off a roof you know and a lot of fans are also into noise 
these music for the same reason. And they just think they're so weird and cool and you'll never get it. I'm so inaccessible and weird. You don't fucking get it. But once you do get it, once you start to actually listen to different noise musicians, once you're able to articulate what it is you like about certain noise music and find stupid in other noise music, then you find that you really have a toolkit with which you can parse through this reality yourself. And you can call all the people who think that noise music is cool because I'm so weird and edgy and pushing a piano off a roof. You can articulate why they're idiots and why Katsumoto Endo is a fucking musical genius. You know what I'm saying? You have to be able to articulate at every stage of the process what you're doing, what you like about what you're doing, what you dislike about what you're doing, and that's only achievable, my brothers, my sisters, through understanding, thinking, and not only thinking, but thinking about thinking. <laughs> Phenomenology! So, you know, we've just discussed ways to work. This is relevant, you know all of this stuff let's let's talk about how do we make something interesting how do we articulate what it is we find interesting you know especially to speak of art noise music music in general you know we all can easily not easily but we all can identify different ways to work and i think that they're all probably going to become ultimately custom tailored to what's good for you you know I have my own ways of working and I know other people work in entirely different ways and are much more efficient workers than I am. You know, you do have to custom tailor things to yourself, of course, of course. But how do we make something that we like? How do we make something trippy? How do we make something interesting? And this is something, let me take a sip of my coffee because one of my ways to work is by not feeling tired even though I'm learning how to work while tired, which is a very interesting phenomenon. I don't think I sound tired necessarily. Do I sound tired? Ooh, shit. Fake it till you make it, boy. So this is something that I discussed in my upload, Moral Relativism, and it's relevance to the arts, I think it's called. I forget. You could watch that if you feel like it. I made some arguments in it that I think are funny and that I still agree with. Um, but one of the things I discussed in that upload is what is the goal of art? What is the goal of making an art piece? I'm talking specifically to artists right now, you know, because I know a lot of my listeners are artists and interested in such things. What is the goal of any given art piece? I think that you can have all types of goals specific to your art piece but ultimately ultimately this is true for anyone making a piece of art period the ultimate goal is to make the thing and what is the thing constituted of well that will be relative to what the thing you're making is right what is the goal of a painting the ultimate goal the ultimate goal of a painting is simply to be a painting what is the goal of a film? To be a film. So how can I make an interesting painting or an interesting film? I would say clearly the first thing I should be concerned with is considering the format, the material reality, if you will, of the thing itself. Okay. And this might sound like some art analysis jargon, and maybe it is to a certain extent, but art analysis is a great way 
of learning to articulate your own goals and especially as they relate to your artistic practices okay so we want to always be mindful of the format and if we are being mindful of the format we are being mindful of our materials we want to be able to articulate what we learn from experimenting with our materials we want to be able to articulate what we like and what we don't like based on what we do as we learn to control our materials you know i think an example could be like um say you're working on music and you say i want this to sound more experimental i like it but it's not interesting it sounds good but it doesn't sound interesting and so then you must ask yourself well what do i mean by that you know why doesn't it sound interesting first of all Let's get that out of the way. What is uninteresting about my art piece? I could say that, well, it sounds like everything else. It sounds like it's too 90s, you know? It sounds like this or that. Think also the context of your piece. What has already been established in the realm of this thing? Let's say we're talking about rap music, you know? Think about, well, I'm saying my thing sounds uninteresting. It sounds like everything else. Is that because it does sound like everything else? Does it sound like something that's already been accomplished? Is that what's making me feel unsatisfied with my thing, you know? Who do I feel has been experimental in the genre of the thing I'm making and why, you know? What is good about all the pieces I like? What is bad about all the pieces I dislike? You know what I'm saying? This relates especially to talk about noise music like I just was, you know? I see that Solar Temple has just said Kazumoto Endo is a musical genius. Absolutely, I agree. Kazumoto Endo got me into noise music because, you know, I think I too felt, well, not really. Actually, I got into noise music because I was one of these people that was like, pushing a piano off a roof is cool and crazy, you know. But once I started to listen to different shit and started to realize that noise music is absolutely inundated with all these idiots that just like drone on and on with their endurance pieces like i'm gonna play a block of dry ice for three hours and you're gonna fucking sit through it and it's weird and brutal because you're having a terrible time <laughs> like i started to really tire of those types but i also really like certain noise music and i was like well why why do i like it why do i like kazumoto endo so much you know the reason i like kazumoto endo so much as opposed to these other people who i feel to be meandering with no goal and are just pretentious and think that it's it's essentially noise music is essentially cool for shock value basically and oh i'm so weird and edgy i think the reason i like kazumoto endo so much is because his music i think really captures the spirit of what is good and admirable about art period which is the fact that a person created it and what is necessary to creating a thing having some sort of control over something you can hear the intentionality in Katsumoto Endo's music because he has established a very fine-tuned precision a very strong control of his own materials and now he's performing noise music you can hear his human hand you can hear his brain thinking in the moments of silence what will I do next you can see and admire all of what's intentional about it whereas with a lot of this dumb drone music you know there's no intentionality i'm just gonna press play and it's just gonna go on and on and it's weird you know 
I think that the best noise music is performative. It's very much in the spirit of jazz and free jazz, you know. I'm listening to a human performer. I'm listening to their human hand. So if I want to make good noise music, and I do have a noise album out, by the way, go download it. It's called Structural Stabilization of an Historic Barn. This was exactly what I was trying to capture. That album is entirely improvised. I wanted to be like Katsumoto Endo, and I wanted to have control over my materials, and I wanted everything to be intentional i wanted to play something like a fucking guitar solo you know i wanted to showcase what i had learned and what i had been able to muster in the form of control over my own materials when i was in my analog synthesis class actually this is a great uh, exercise that i think a lot of people could adopt in their various practices you know my professor bob schneider um <clears throat> One of the things that he would have us do would be he would play a certain audio frequency and we would have to recreate it in front of him. So he would play like a, I don't know, like a, a fucking triangle wave being modulated by the ring modulator, like something, you know, and you would have to recreate it in front of him no matter how long it took. These are the kinds of things I think we should adopt in our own artistic practices, you know. Say you want to... You want to make a fucking, I don't know, um, mm, mm, mm. well, I'll say, you know, one of the things I also learned to do, like, when I started getting into rap music, I would listen to rap musicians I really admired, like Big and Kim, and actually, I mapped out the verses uh, some of my favorite verses kind of like I don't know if any of you guys had to do this in high school like when you're studying Shakespeare you have to map out the rhyming scheme of certain things I would do things like this when I had no idea what like how to actually make some sort of like a, a like a rap verse you know I would actually map out the fucking uh, rhyme scheme and then use that almost as like a paint by numbers approach I've also done similar things with audio production you know like say I don't know how to make a like 808 type beat, you know? I'm going to just try to copy one. Maybe not entirely, but I'm going to try to copy one that I find online that I like, you know, because I don't know how to do this. And in recreating the thing, I think you could find that this process is really valuable, you know? If you don't know what to do, but you know you want to do something kind of like this other thing, fucking copy it. And as you copy it, you'll learn how to do the thing. Isn't that amazing? Also, you know, that's what all these tutorials online are, too. You want to make an 808-type beat? Just Google it. How to make an 808-type beat in Ableton or whatever. Follow the fucking tutorial. But also, you know, listen to this music and be able to articulate at every stage what it is. Like, okay, I noticed that the bass is sparse. It's sparse. It only hits around the snare. It hits right before the snare. It hits right after the hi-hat. It does this dippy boodle thing. What is that? How does that happen? I need to be able to articulate all of these things. Otherwise, I'm never going to fucking get it. Be able to use your fucking words. Never just say, I don't know. I just like it. It's a vibe. You have to be able to say why it's a fucking vibe. Do you hear me? <laughs> uh, and this is something that I, I really do, too, with, like, lyrics, you know. If I don't like my verse, something that I 
learned after writing lyrics for a while was it's so important to consider, to go back to what I was saying, to consider what it is that I'm trying to do. When we think about writing and verses, you know, I think there's this tendency to sort of approach musical verses almost like you would a poem. Since you're writing it on paper, you kind of become embroiled in this mode where you feel like you're working with a piece of literature, right? But to consider what it actually is, what is the format of this thing? What is it going to end up as? This is going to end up as a sonic presentation of my voice, right? So I should not be primarily concerned with the lyrical content uh, so that it reads well on paper or I say this cool word I just learned what I should be mostly concerned with is how it sounds you know so if I don't like how it sounds maybe it the problem can literally be reduced to something that has to do with the actual uh, syllables I'm using maybe I want to use words that have more o's and oo's and ugh. maybe rhymes hit sharper on it when you end it on an E or an I or an A, or maybe it sounds better to end it on a, a short vowel, the uh, you know? You have to experiment, too, to find this sort of a thing, you know? But I think that articulating really helps, too, because people, when they don't like a thing, will sometimes redo a thing, and then they redo the thing, and it's you, you still don't like it. If you simply told yourself, I know why I don't like this, I can articulate why I don't like this, then you can fix the problem. Other than just doing it over and over again, if you don't consider what it is you dislike about the thing, my brothers, my sisters, you'll never be able to improve on the thing. Okay? Okay? So that's that. That's all I have to say. It's been 38 minutes. Did I stick with my plan? Have I proven my thesis? I think I stayed on point shit. I had some fucking notes here and I did it. Let's talk to the audience. Audience, what do you think? Any ideas? What do you think? Dylan said no. Fuck you, Dylan. <laughs> Maxwell says, Comedian Patrice O'Neill once said, Vowels aren't funny. Hard consonants are funny. See, yes, this is the sort of thing we should be investigating. And this sort of a thing is especially relevant to people who are interested in phenomenology because... It's definitely true, and there are entire theories of art analysis constructed around some of these ideas, you know. Ultimately, when we view art and experience art, it is a physiological experience, you know. It stands to reason that certain frequencies, certain sounds just hit different, you know. And even if you can't articulate on that most physiological level what's happening, because of course you can't because many neuroscientists can't even do that. Even just being able to recognize these sort of patterns, you know, that I like these hard consonants or ending on a hard consonant is funny, funnier, you know shit like this the statement is delivered with more oomph you know these kinds of things are absolutely important and will benefit your practice and will aid you in gaining an element of control Sean, oh, you're asking about the analog synthesis thing would you have to recreate the sound from memory or would he play it again for you to reference um, trying to think, actually. I think he would play it for a bit, and then stop, and then we would play, and then if you were like, can I hear it again? I'm trying to remember. I mean, we did this exercise many times, um, but if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I'm pretty sure he played it for a while, you would start to do it, and then he might, or maybe he'd just stop to compare yours. I don't know. I don't really know, but either way, 
great exercise, you know. And this is this is definitely good, even if you're into digital music, you know, which we all are. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys have, like, modular synthesizers at home. Uh, I would like to build my own, but I have to learn fucking how to solder and shit. No, thank you. Don't have time for that right now, or the money. But, uh... You know, even in, like, Ableton, you're able to fuck with waveforms and, uh, <coughs> all that shit. You know, that you can, you can do a similar practice even what in whatever doll you're using. And these kinds of things will benefit you even if you're doing everything, you know, digitally. Which we pretty much all are right now, right? Not all of us, I don't know. Not the bleep bloop crowd. Dylan, I would argue that you could find out why based on sounds in nature. I imagine you're talking about the thing I just said and how you probably wouldn't be able to find out because you're not a neuroscientist because neuroscientists can't even figure it out. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's neither here nor there. As far as it's relevant to your goal, if your goal is like Maxwell gave this example, your goal is to find what's funnier. If you identify that it's funnier to end a statement on a consonant or it, it's the statement is delivered with more oomph, you know, then, yeah, you, you should be investigating this sort of a thing, you know. Um, I think this attitude in general, this, I, this attitude of being highly critical, you know, this sort of a thing has been a little bit lost, especially since so much of what we see in the realm of, like, experimental art, which I think you're into a bit, Dylan, you know, like, there's just this attitude of, like, free expression, I'm being free and wild and weird, and the same thing that plagues the noise music community plagues all venues of experimental whatever, you know, people just think, I'm gonna be a little weird, and then it's like, oh, I'm weird weird now like but this isn't interesting you know noise music is not interesting because it's weird experimental music is not interesting because it's weird experimental film is not interesting because it's weird it's interesting because it expands on the format you know being weird is not interesting being interesting is interesting and the only way to be interesting is to do something that breaks out of convention that's why it's called experimental it breaks out of convention it's not just weird you you know, so to compare like experimental filmmakers, you know, we see so many people that are just like, oh, I shit on the film and I put the paint on it and Ew, it's weird. And there's like expression and it's like stuff like I don't fucking care. This is so boring. I like to see intentionality because like I said, in my separating the art from the artist video? The thing that we appreciate about art ultimately is that somebody made it. It is a showcase of abilities. It's true. You could spill some paint on the floor and see something beautiful in it and go, oh, it's so beautiful. I love it. That's great. But you won't admire that paint spill the way that you'll admire something made with conscious intention and high precision from one of your human peers. This is why we love art because we are admiring human abilities you know so if you want people to love your art you better put some fucking thought into this thing show that you have control show that you're not a fucking idiot show them how it's fucking done okay you better show them something interesting break out of that convention be weird if you want <laughs> But you're only going to be weird if you actually break out of convention and do something highly intentional and focused and masterful. You can't make a masterpiece without being masterful. Master of your controls. <laughs> right? My favorite experimental film is Outer Space by Peter Tchaikovsky. Everyone should go check it out. 
That is a great example of a film that I think breaks out of convention, is highly concerned with the format of the materials it's actually dealing with, learning how to gain incredible control over the materials, and making something incredibly interesting with them. I'll leave you with that recommendation. I hope that this uh, upload helps somebody, maybe. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I've just inspired myself. And in fact, before coming in here today, I was working on something and I'm going to return to work. And I hope that you'll all do the same. And remember, remember to always be articulating and hating yourself. <laughs> and give me a fucking thumbs up right fucking now before you forget. Do the thing. Give me the thumbs up. Give me that. Give it. Right now, I'm not going to hang up till I see at least one. I see the likes. I see the likes. Let me get one. Just give me one. Just one. Just one. Fucking do it. If you don't do it, then I'm going to turn this into an endurance art piece. And I'm going to stay here for 48 hours. Or is that what you want? 48 hour of <laughs> endurance podcast. Not today. Maybe another time. I just got a like. Thank you so much. And with that, I'm out. Be well.